What's up, everybody? From the station that reaches the beaches, it's Rivet City Radio coming at you with an off-the-top production. Tonight, we're doing a career retrospective of the cleaner, Kenny Omega. As always with me, we got my buddy Shadow. Shadow, say hi. What is up, everybody? Back for the third time in a matter of 28 hours, I am here. <laughs> and uh, joining us, as always, as well, we got Jamie Rose. What's up, everybody? Coming at you for the fourth time in 48 hours. <laughs> we apologize. Uh, me, personally, I would like to apologize for the delay in this episode. I know it's been a long time coming. Um, everything was good. Everything was good to go. We had I had everything, and then I just I started dying again because that's something that I like to do at least once a year, apparently. Um, so my apologies. I went through a nasty kidney infection, spent five hours in the ER waiting room. Um just the waiting room. And then, yeah, I, it took a minute for me to recover. Uh, but we're here. We're back. We're going to get back on schedule now. Um, and behind the scenes, you can't see him, but he's here. Scals is here as well. So everybody say hi to Scals. I know he's here. Uh, monitoring. Fuck you, Scals. <laughs> yeah, fuck Scals. <laughs> so this is kind of – I'm kind of surprised that this isn't a guy that we took uh, – we tackled earlier. Um all the buzz is going around with Kenny Omega right now, potentially being one of the greatest to ever step in a wrestling ring. And we'll get to that part. We'll, we'll get to that part of the discussion a little bit later on. Um, his match with Will Ospreay seemed to have just lit the world on fire, the world of wrestling. And we, we're kind of just uh, piggybacking off of that. And we're going to, we're just kind of, you know, it's an interesting character to tackle because there's a lot of things, like I said, like I say every time we do this, I always learn shit that I never knew before. This dude has been all over the place. Like, like you think of a promotion, he's been there, I promise. Um, the only thing that kind of confused me, he, he has the name Kenny Omega as his in-ring name. His, his legal birth name is Tyson Smith, which is like... A pretty badass name, if you ask me. <laughs> um, right. It's honestly a pretty badass name. Um, but Kenny Omega, growing up, was a fan of the WWE. Um, he watched Saturday Night Main Event every single Saturday. Um, and if he couldn't, they taped it. He watched it later on. And go figure, being a Canadian, he played fucking hockey. Let's just get <laughs> that out of the way. Fucking course he did. And he wanted to Fuck. have a career in hockey. Here. Here's a fun fact for you that you might not have known because this has nothing to do with Omega himself. Right. But he grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, correct? Yes. Same city as Chris Jericho. That is, that is the Myrtle, Myrtle, murder capital of Canada. Fun. That sounds like a ton <laughs> of fun. Yeah. So that's a fun fact for y'all. <laughs> Been there. Has no thing as an airport. Fun fact, but it's definitely a fact, like for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, go figure. He played fucking hockey. Um, he actually had aspirations to be a professional hockey player until he discovered pro wrestling was something that he could get into a little easier. Um, he does look you know, like a Canadians hockey player. Hockey. Canadians in their he hockey. He looks like a hockey player. He does. He was a goalie, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, that um, explains a lot. That explains why he's fucking nuts. But anyways. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, he, um, so he decided to ditch the hockey aspirations and he decided to start training as a pro wrestler in his early teens. Um, by the time he was 16 years old, he actually debuted. He had his first professional match for, um, top rope championship wrestling. Never heard of it before. <laughs> um, he, Maybe throughout his time either. with top rope. Yeah. Never heard of him. 
but they're based out of Winnipeg. So um, throughout the time he was wrestling for Top Rope Championship Wrestling, he decided he he developed this character of Kenny Omega, and this character of Kenny Omega originally was like a Hawaiian surfer, um, and that kind of yeah, that's the dude right there, um, and that kind of threw me off because I, I could not picture this dude being a Hawaiian or a surfer. Um, later on, he kind of trans he kind of transferred that or transitioned that over to the gimmick that we see from him now, which is what's called. He, he refers to himself as an otaku, which I didn't know what that meant. I looked it up and did a little bit of research. Otaku is a Japanese word that describes people that have very time-consuming interests that consume their entire personalities as well. So anime, manga, video games, computers are very common otaku personalities. Um, definitely him. That's definitely Kenny Omega. <laughs> um, he explains actually, a lot. What's that? It explains a lot, considering, and I'm sure we'll get into this later on. But him, ooh, excuse me, food's coming back up. Um, he cosplays <laughs> as like, uh, he cosplays as like street fighters and stuff. So mm-hmm. it makes oh, a lot yeah. of sense. And he uh, he had a really big hand in making uh, the AEW video game that just came out too. Mm-hmm. Fight forever. Yep. Good game. Yep. Um, throughout the 2000s, he wrestled for pretty much every possible indie promotion and big name promotion that you could think of. He even spent a year in developmental in WWE. So he's literally been everywhere. Um, he actually requested his release because, go figure, he didn't really like Bill DeMott. Shocker. <laughs> um, in 2006, he uh, Kota Ibushi. Everyone knows who Kota Ibushi is. He kind of felt necessarily – the way he describes it is he fell in love with Kota Ibushi. But he actually just kind of like fell in love with what the guy was doing in the ring. He was working for DDT Pro Wrestling. Um, so Omega actually ended up figuring out how to get into DDT Pro Wrestling. He filmed himself uh, wrestling their style of match, and they hired him, and he eventually teamed up with Kota Ibushi in a uh, tag team that we now know as the Golden Lovers. Very, very um, lovey. <laughs> um, back in 2011, I actually had to go find this video. It, it was kind of hard to track down. He actually wrestled a match with a nine-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. And after that, he received death threats aplenty. Um, but apparently he had been he had trained her for a very long time before they actually stepped in the ring. And the reason they chose Kenny Omega to do it is because he is, like, one of the safest workers you could ever have in the ring. I believe that. Some of the shit he does should kill you. But it doesn't mm-hmm. because he's a safe worker. <laughs> Ironically, um, considering he's from Winnipeg, but anyways, continue. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the way into the mid 2010s, he made sporadic appearances with New Japan, Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and like I said, pretty much every other promotion you could think of. Um, he crossed paths with guys like Jay Lethal, uh, Mark and Jay the Briscoes, El Generico, who we know as Sami Zayn, and Prince Devitt, who we know as Finn Balor. And that's just to name a few. He did sign a full-time contract with New Japan in 2014, and he began to dub himself as the cleaner, um, and he aligned himself with the Bullet Club. And he initially didn't want to align himself with the Bullet Club, but New Japan insisted on it, so he ran with it. Um, during his time with New Japan, he started becoming more recognized globally for his abilities, for his his tendency to just put on incredible matches, including the ones that we all 
the ones that Dave Meltzer ejaculates over with Kashiko Okada. Um, I've seen those matches that they had. Holy shit. That is, they just blow the roof off the place. Mm -hmm. Um, in 2016, this I didn't know because I actually never watched this angle happen. Um, alongside Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, who are in that photo also, um, they formed the actual Young Bucks. <laughs> they formed a stable that we now know as the Elite, and that was actually against the wishes of New Japan. New Japan didn't want them to do it because they wanted them to stay in the Bullet Club, and they didn't want to confuse the audience with having a stable within a stable. So, the Elite, <clears throat> excuse me, um, had just outed, well, actually, all of Bullet Club had just outed AJ Styles as their leader. AJ Styles' contract with New Japan was up. He was on his way to WWE. So they outed him as its leader, and as they were all leaving AJ Styles in the ring, Omega actually whispered to Matt and Nick Jackson while they were walking back, like, hey, let's go keep attacking him and let everyone know that we're the guys. Let everyone know that it's us, basically. So they go back to the ring, the three of them, and continue attacking AJ Styles. And that was pretty much what formed the, the stable that we now know as the Elite. Um, New Japan was pissed, but it went very, very strongly, obviously. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And they're making more money off of it now than ever. What's that, Jamie? I said they're making more money off of the damn thing than ever. Oh, dude, absolutely. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega completely changed the game for indie wrestling. Like, completely. Oh, they yeah. turned it upside down, flipped it on its head, and they also like in, basically invented a new way for indie wrestlers to market themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's like that impact could never <laughs> impact. That impact could never be <laughs> overstated. Um. Omega had a wildly successful run in New Japan. He was an IWGP heavyweight champion, intercontinental champion, United States, everything. He, he won all the belts. <laughs> in 2019, very early 2019 in January, his contract expired and he chose not to renew it. And I remember this very clearly because everyone was saying, oh, he's going to WWE. He's going to WWE. One week after his contract expires, Kenny Omega, alongside the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, changed wrestling forever. They announced that they had created their own wrestling promotion and would serve not only as in-ring competitors, but also as executive vice presidents on the board. And the promotion was aptly named All Elite Wrestling, as we know now. And since uh, AEW's inception, Omega has arguably been the centerpiece of that entire brand. Um, him and Moxley are probably the two guys that get – they're the top dogs. Like, their their position will never falter in that company ever. Yep. Um, he's the longest-reigning AEW world champion. Uh, he's also a former AEW tag champion with Hangman Adam Page. And he was the inaugural AEW world trios champions alongside Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, the Young Bucks. Obviously, we know how that went with Brawl Out. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the titles immediately. Came back and won them again from, I think it was Death Triangle, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but when it comes down to it, Kenny Omega is arguably the most prominent and consistently booked member of the AEW roster. He was the most consistently booked and most prominent member of the New Japan roster out of anyone not named Kazuchika Okada. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry if I'm slaughtering that name, but is it Kazuchika or is it Kazuchika? Just say, just, just say Okada. Just Okada. say Okada. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. God damn. 
Um, he's continued to just completely build on his legacy as one of the greatest professional wrestlers of this entire century. And we all thought that he was looking towards retirement as little as a year ago. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. After like a dozen surgeries while he was gone, he was able to come back and he looks better than ever. The dude is untouchable. Um, so I've kind of, as you kind of see, I kind of ran an abridged version of the of the um, the whole career recap of Kenny Omega because there was just too much shit to cover. There was so much that this dude did that I can't even. I'm I've missed a ton because so I don't want to. I can't sit here and talk for two and a half your, hours about it. You know, I'm not A and E. Like this isn't a biography. <laughs> so on your journey um, of Kenny Omega. Did you discover if he worked for WWE at any point in his career? He did, yeah. He was a he worked there in developmental for a year. Yeah, uh, uh, under Deep South. I'm pretty sure I said that. <laughs> Shadow, just don't listen. You to me. It's okay. You're fine. <laughs> you probably did. Um, I was just mesmerized by my D from Winnipeg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is where I feel like we're going to be taking up a lot of time, and this is what I really want to get into. And this is the roundtable discussion. This is my favorite part of these, and this is where we all we, – we don't necessarily debate. We just talk and basically give our opinions on the guy or woman, depending on which wrestler we're you know, tackling this week. Um, Kenny Omega has been all over the world, every promotion you can think of. He's wrestled the top names on the planet multiple times over. And it doesn't even seem like he's got, it seems like he's not even slowed down even a little bit. So this one, I I feel like it's not exactly a slam dunk for all of these, these aspects of his performance that we're going to rate here. But I'll start with the one that we're probably going to be pretty unanimous on. And that is going to be his in-ring ability on a scale of one to 10. That's where we're kind of going. Shadow, take it away with that. Okay, well, clearly matches from the event. I think if you look at the top, you can see my fat head up there. Um, <laughs> probably not. But I got to witness this match live in person. I was in the same room as this fucking match. So I'm going to just take this away for a second. From what I know of Kenny Omega and I've watched, his in-ring ability is second to none. Other than maybe people like... Tyler Black, and I'm saying it like that because we haven't seen the Tyler Black version of Seth Rollins yet in WWE. Um, there's it's hard to argue Omega, as he calls himself, and as he's been dubbed the best belt team. It's hard to argue that because he goes, and until we have a match between him and Seth, I think it's arguably undeniable that he is number one. Right. That's my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to argue with his body of work. He's wrestled all over the world. He's shown that he can go with the best. He can split. He can have his wigs split and still come back for more. The only man ever to kick out of the one-winged angel. And he kicked out at just, one. <laughs> not even just a two or anything. No, he kicked out at kicked one. Out fucking one. And then, went, and then went Super Saiyan. Um. But for me, out of 10, for Kenny Omega's body of work, I have to give it an 8. There's still stuff that I need to see, but 8. Interesting. Um, and before I flip it over to Jamie, <clears throat> Jamie, you'll be going next. But Go ahead. I believe Scales has some guests that he wants to pop into here. So while Jamie is going on, 
uh, talking about Kenny Omega because I know he's probably got a lot to say about Kenny's in-ring work. Um, Scals, go ahead and bring whoever you need to bring in. Uh, Jamie, take it away. All right. So, you know, a lot of people know me as someone who has a kind of old school way of thinking about the professional wrestling landscape. But Kenny Omega is actually a guy that I like. I, I, I've been a fan of his since his New Japan and ROH stuff. And I've been a pretty big fan. I mean, kind of, you know, you could, there's some stuff outside of the ring that I might not like. But other than that, his in-ring work, five stars on my scale. Uh, seven stars if it was in the in the Tokyo Dome. But, you know, the guy could go in day and day out and put on banger after banger. And just it 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 drops your jaw every single time. Like Kenny Omega, what he's doing now is something that we've never seen in the professional wrestling landscape. It's just it's insane. And that's coming from me. You know, so what we're seeing now is a once in a generation guy. You know, you have Will Ospreay, you know, who's at kind of at that similar level, but just Kenny is just at a just a different level. And even now in the later stages of his career, he's only looking the best as he's looked. And he's coming back from surgeries that should end normal people's careers. I'm not sitting there trying to stroke the man because that's not the type of guy I am. I just call it a spade when I see a spade. I call it how I see it. So Kenny Omega, uh, he's 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 that guy. Not, not trying to, to cut you off, but considering the age of Will Ospreay, I think he becomes better than Kenny Omega in the end. Right, but right now it's it's Kenny Omega's game. It, yeah, exactly, like, like I said. Right. So Cam, it's funny that you say that. Once he's gone, all these haters, <clears throat> haters will miss him. It's funny that you say that because for the longest time, I was very <clears throat> adamant that Kenny Omega was nothing special. Everyone was ranting and raving about him, and I admittedly had not seen his work before. I was, and this was 2016, 2017, when he was, you know, going off in New Japan with Okada. Um, I didn't see those matches when they happened. I saw them later on. Uh, I was very skeptical. I I didn't want to believe that somebody that I've never heard of was so damn good. And as it were, as it was, I was wrong. I was very incorrect. Kenny Omega is, I mean, you can make a, you can make an argument that he's the best wrestler on the planet right now. Like you, you could make that argument and make valid arguments for it. And yeah, it's, it's, he's that fucking good. And it was the same thing with the Young Bucks. I didn't want to like them either. I really wanted to hate the Young Bucks, but then I started watching them. Mm-hmm. I started watching them, and I started watching New Japan a little more. I started mm-hmm. watching the Bucks. I started watching yeah. Kenny Omega. Dude, otherworldly talents, all three of those guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm with you there. If uh, they stay so away – oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. If they, in my opinion, the Bucks – I understand they've all been at one point in WWE in some capacity – but not as proven wrestlers as they are now. No, as long as they stay away from WWE, yes, I understand WWE is the Mecca, but as long as they stay away, they'll go down as truly arguably the greatest, one of the greatest factions and single wrestlers there could be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, the way that they've carried themselves professionally – for them, I mean, you know, yeah, they have their, they've had their little scuffles, but like Allegedly. as far as the way they handled their business in the ring and the way that they carry themselves 
on screen. Can't speak for behind the scenes because I don't know. I just think that whole thing was just a bunch of children fighting, but whatever. Um, it's it's the Bret Hart, Vince McMahon shit all over again. Yeah, I, I just we'll get into that later. We'll get into that. <laughs> In this show today, we will get into that. I made a point to do that. Um, but when it comes down to it, I, I don't think I can accurately give Kenny Omega a 10 in his in-ring ability, which I hate having to say that because he is really fucking good, but he doesn't. <clears throat> There's been times where, like, I've never seen a Kenny Omega match that's bad. No, I've never seen him have a bad match. But I've also, there's been matches where there was no story being told, even though he is an excellent storyteller, but there was no story being told. He just It was just, hey, good wrestler and good wrestler wrestling. Let's enjoy it. I think they fell into that a little bit too much in AEW, and I think that has faltered my, my uh, opinion. Um, so I, I will say 9.5, but if, if – if it wasn't for those kinds of matches that just had no story and were just there to exist, it'd be a 10. But for sure. is, wouldn't that necessarily not be his fault? Oh, yes and no. It's I, I think that, yes, Tony Khan wants to collect wrestlers like their toys. Everyone knows that. Um, but the fact that he'll just throw a match at us and expect us to be like, hey, care about this. And then Kenny Omega trying his best but still i i just i don't think anyone could make those matches yeah i mean i just i wouldn't i wouldn't put that on the wrestler is what i would say i I don't necessarily put it on him i'll blame tony khan for that for it not being a 10 (laughs) okay as long as you're putting as long as you're putting the blame somewhere (laughs) but i mean when it's all said and done i I don't see a world where he's not in the conversation for top five top three maybe of all time mm-hmm. he's probably the greatest wrestler to never wrestle for wwe on the main roster yep. that i will say that um <clears throat> excuse me him and okada yeah yeah i i think omega has made a much better legacy for himself than okada in the last three or four years with well, AEW. yeah because he's you know on american national tv every right. week and you know he's he's been there he's been in roh he's been exposed right to a mainstream audience unlike okada right um scouts do we have anybody waiting to join let us know before we uh tack on to the next area um yeah <laughs> we'll give you a second scouts um yeah, it's kind of I just I remember that time when everyone was just so sure he was coming to WWE. And they're like, Oh, the young bucks are gonna follow too, and it just didn't happen. Cody Rhodes was like I, I, I wouldn't up. mind, but at the same time, like I said, um it, it just comes down to their legacies. And if they feel they can't carry and preserve their legacies, I think they need to avoid WWE. I, I honestly, as much as I would love to see them tussle with some of the guys in WWE, 100%, I would love to. But I just, I agree with you in that I think they should keep that legacy of not being WWE guys. Yeah, I, I think that would be career suicide. Right. It, it depends, in my opinion, on that. Like, it depends if it would be career suicide simple for the fact who's running the show and how much creativity they have. 
Exactly. Like, if, I mean, not, not if on, they're not willing, if they're willing to let them present themselves the way they want, like Cody has, then I think they'll make the move. But if they can't, I don't think that's the way they go. Right. And I, I think the only one that they would allow that to even be an opera, a chance, a glimmer would be Kenny. I don't think the the Young Bucks would have that freedom. No. Absolutely not. Um, and that's a shame because they can go in and have a tag team match that's four or five stars with anybody. They're that good, but we'll get into them another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Cam, I said tussle. WW, I don't think WWE wants to kill AW. I don't think WWE really honestly cares about them that much because they're, they're not, not competition. They're a completely different entity, honestly. Like they're so wildly different from each other that I've lived to I've learned to live in a world harmoniously with both of them. But I don't think WWE really cares that AEW exists any, especially now, because WWE with Triple H there has been just some of the best we've seen in years. Like I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, WWE, sports entertainment, wrestling. Mm-hmm. AEW, pro wrestling. Enjoy yes. it. Exactly. Except for WWE is shit right now, but that's beside the point. We've had this conversation. <laughs> Dude, we're going to talk about this later. But <laughs> both, both companies had their faults. Just saying. Anyways. So now we'll move on to his promo ability, which personally, this was the one that I found difficult to 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 really grade. Uh, but Shadow, we'll let you start. We'll go in the same order. And all the and all the promos I've seen Kenny do, some are fives, some are fours, some are trash. Like <sighs> he isn't, in my opinion, the whole package when it comes to that kind of stuff because. He's very, he can articulate what he's saying, but he needs it short bursts because if he does a long winded promo, it just doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it many times, whether it be New Japan, where he speaks Japanese and he's actually coming across, you know, it, it, it sounds longer than it actually is, right? So it works. But in AEW, eh, that's he had like Don Callison's for a while there too because yeah. he needed that voice. So for me, while he's a great wrestler, his mic skills are a four and a half. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you there. Uh, you know, when you're watching the New Japan stuff and he was actually given something, and he, he's a guy who could actually speak uh, Japanese, and he did an amazing job with that, given the story and that's the thing you know with AEW, sometimes they go in totally 24 different directions at one time so it's hard to really grasp a story and sometimes he gets on there and he does the you know the ah nah you know and it's not as good as it should be but his work you know his work does the talking but when it comes to the mic skills um sometimes it could be a nine and other times it's a two so with that, I give it about a five. Okay. So I'm kind of on that same wavelength also because, like, he's he's very charismatic. Kenny Omega is a very charismatic guy. Um, he's very confident in his own abilities. He's very um, – he's very himself when he's on the microphone. 
but there are times where it feels like he's like just having casual chit chat with the audience when he should really be trying to put his story over a little more than he is. Um, I've never, I can never really think of a, I can't think of a promo from Kenny Omega. That's just iconic to me. You know what I mean? Right. I can't think I of can, a single I can one. And it's not really a promo, but it's more of an introduction. The night Adam Cole and, and Daniel's going to be in AEW. Yep. You know, his little catchphrases and stuff. Hey, you, know. you said iconic. That would be an iconic moment. That's why I said I can. We're, I hate you right now. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. that's fine. No, I'll, I'm you'll sorry, see. But, right. Um, when, he's, when he's working as a babyface, his promos are good. Um, when he works as a heel, it's very up and down. Um, personally, I gave him a six, but maybe that was generous. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but now, right now, just don't he's kind stab of me. What's that? Please don't stab. I said, please don't stab me. <laughs> For now, right now, it seems like Kenny Omega is on quite a bit of a roll as a babyface. Um. He's very good at being a babyface. That was a good promo. Oh, I didn't see that. I'll have to check in on. I'll have to watch that. Um, but Shadow, how would you rate his overall babyface work? Oh, solid nine out of ten. I feel like he does his best work as a babyface because the crowd gets behind him. They're sympathetic towards him. Um, he's not an underdog, but he can portray himself as the underdog in matches. Like he's a hate to steal this term, but he's a wrestling god. So everybody knows it, right? Everybody knows he's a wrestling god. So for him to get the crowd behind him as an underdog role, it takes a lot of a lot, right? So Mm -hmm. I think you know that's why I gave it the nine out of ten because even in New Japan, coming in as a guy Jing. And still being able to speak the language and accept the culture and adapt to their way of life that made him a huge baby face in New Japan. Absolutely. Because he didn't come in as a typical North American, ah, this is my shit, my shit don't stink. No, he adopted the culture and became one of them. Yep. Very nice. What do you think, well, exactly everything that Shadow just said, I am, I absolutely agree with. So the baby face work for me would be a nine. All right, I um, I would I I gave it a ten or a ten. Oh my god, I gave it an eight out of ten. There we go, an eight out of ten because there are times where I do find it really difficult to be sympathetic towards him. And it's not that he's not good at garnering sympathy. It's that he, we know how good he is in the ring. Mm-hmm. So it kind of takes away from like, you know, Kenny Omega can go in and beat anyone on any given day at any given time. And he's, he's arguably the most credible wrestler in the, in the world. That's not Roman Reigns right now. Like <clears throat> anybody could, I mean, he can be anybody that steps in the ring with him. Um, and that, that kind of takes away from his like vulnerability, I guess for me. Uh, because, yeah, he'll lose matches. He just lost to Osprey at Forbidden Door. Um, he went on a huge losing streak when Kenny when AEW first started. Um, oh, Shadow just got large. 
What is happening, Jamie? What are you doing? I didn't do that. I mean, I, I know oh, I'm yeah, fat, yeah. but fuck. <laughs> um, so real quick, before we move on to the next section, I believe we have a guest joining us right now. Um, there he is. There he is. There. How are you doing, man? What's up? What's up? So we'll let so you... We'll let you a little echo going. A little echo. Going. echo. Michael. Echo. Echo. Oh, yeah. This is a pretty bad echo. Oh, all right. Technical difficulties. He'll be back after these short. Well, we'll let you. We'll let you continue when we come back, or when you come back. Okay. Um. Right now, we're going to move on to Kenny Omega's heel work. Shadow. Depending, like, okay, as a singles, I'm not sold on it. I don't think he's great singly, by any means. But when he's paired with the right partners, his heel work is almost untouchable, and that brings back in the Bullet Club into play. And that brings back in the elite and like just them as a group, the heel work is next level because they'll go to the depths of whatever they need to, to get their point across as he right. You know, it's what you're about. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, during that run, especially during the pandemic with, uh, you know, Don Callis and you had the elite and all that, that was great stuff. But once you started bringing in, once you started bringing in, you know, um, the good brothers and, you know, Nakazawa and, you know, Brandon Cutler, you know, you just, it, Brandon Cutler. Oh, gosh. Say what you want. I mean, Brandon Cutler's just, it was silly. It was goofy. And when you think of, you know, for me, when I think of Kenny Omega, I think of this, you know, he can be a goofball. I've seen it and I've enjoyed it sometimes. But when he's trying to have this actual heel run and try to make it somewhat generational as the champ, uh, it should be somewhat serious. So with that being said, that kind of takes it out of me. You know, yes, you got the Bucks and, you know, their style of comedy and that works with it. But once you start bringing in these other outside characters, it's like, eh, I'm not there. Not sold on it, right? And I, like, I like I, back to yes, sir. Back to my point is it, it just depends on the pairings, and when it comes to Kenny, it like I said, his baby face unmatched. But when he's paired with the right people for a heel, it works. But him single handedly, it doesn't. So, like him running through him, him taking the Impact Championship to AEW. He'll move because Impact didn't like that bullshit, right? But mm -hmm. Don Callis got involved, so it made sense all of a sudden. But it was still, oh, yeah. it was still very much heat from the oh, a, yeah. uh, the Impact crowd, which he loved, right? And then right now, he's currently the faction of the Elite is currently setting up for a Blood and Guts match, which, but they're not the heels; they're the baby faces in this situation, mm -hmm. right? It, it, the stories just go on with Omega, and it, 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 like Nate said, we can talk about him for hours before we even get to this point of the conversation. So, his heel work for me, single-handedly, because we're not talking about tag teams, obviously. So, him as a heel alone, I give it a three and a half. Wow. Man. Jamie, what do you think? Jamie is struggling with that. Give it about a four and a half. 
I, I'm, I, I agree with Shadow again on that. But, you know, like I said, you know, they, they've done great things and some of it's just, I don't get it, especially him as a, as a single. So, damn. See, I kind of, I, I, I took him as his overall heel work. So I included when he's like with the elite and with the Bucks and with, you know, everyone else. I don't know, man. I gave it like a seven. Because <laughs> I just well, remember when you're including them. When you're including them, I agree. He's up there with seven, right. eight, but by himself, he's not. No near that. I, I I agree. He's not effective as a heel by himself, but not a lot of heels are. Some are guys like Edge, Randy Orton. Randy mm-hmm. Orton was probably the most effective heel by himself ever. Can you really consider would, Edge by himself a heel at any point, though? I mean, because I didn't pay attention to anything Lita was, like, doing. You were just looking at her. Yeah. I didn't. That's I like saying, like <laughs> for topic for another night. <laughs> uh, Canadian of- wrestler, but it's a different topic. Right. <laughs> um, so, anyways, what I was getting at was, with the Bucks, Omega is a top-level heel. Because the three of them yeah. together bounce off of each other so well that they can piss anyone off mm-hmm. at the snap literally of the bounce off each other, literally bounce off of each other. Flippy dippy <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> as uh, as Bob Strongman would say, Braun Strong. Um, yeah, I gave him like a seven. Uh, I thought it was. I think his heel work is good when he's mm-hmm. with guys who are bringing him up more. Exactly. Um, so we've kind of covered assessment. the four. We've kind of covered the four major aspects of a pro wrestler's, you know, repertoire, I guess. Um, so we kind of take it all up, and we're going to give him an overall grade. Shadow, out of 10, give me a Kenny Omega grade. Uh, overall, because he's not even done yet, but on the cusp of being done. <sighs> I give him an eight and a half. Okay. Because he's in the latter half of his career, right? So it's easier to predict it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we don't even know how much longer he's got. That's, those surgeries apparently, like, helped a lot. Because mm-hmm. he had so right. much lingering shit that he was just working on, like, working well, with. Like, he had a hernia. He was wrestling with a hernia for like a year. That's let's just awful. hope he doesn't pull a. Let's just hope he doesn't pull a Jericho in a sting and just knows when I to leave. I think he's a guy that has too much pride in himself to do that. I do too. I think he would rather leave with the legacy of being on top than let it get squandered um, by sticking around too long. I think. Again, this is a topic for another time, but I will just say I think Chris Jericho still has a lot of value to pro wrestling, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's in the ring. Absolutely. I think right. it's as a manager of I, I think I mean I think it's as a manager, honestly. I think he can still he still brings a lot of value being on screen, name power, draw power, stuff like that, but I don't think he needs to be in the ring anymore. But, hey, um well well while I see him in the chat, Mike, do you want to join? And come have a conversation because I know you know a lot about Omega. So 
we have still some time that we have to fill in some stuff. So if you're around, yeah. hit up Scouts and come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, echo. <laughs> echo. Echo. All right. Let, let's try to let Nightmare talk next time he comes in here. Everybody just be quiet. Maybe it won't echo. Okay. I'll mute my mic. Maybe it won't. Maybe I, don't won't. I don't know. Hold well, on. Don't go oh, anywhere. What about now? Speak what you need to speak. All right. So what were you talking about with Kenny? Give us so your... Oh, Nate, Nate, will Nate will go. Rate his in-game ability, his promo ability, his baby face and heel work, and his overall work on a scale of 1 to 10. Entering ability, out of 5, I would give, I'd give him a 5. His promo ability... It all depends on the storyline that he is given. So I'm going to give him a 3.5 on that one. Babyface, I ain't going to lie, he is complete trash when it comes to Babyface. I'll give him a 2. He'll work. It's two different things. New Japan Hill, I'd give him a 5. AEW Hill, I'd give him like a 4. Overall, though, I'd give him like a good 4. Are you reading this on a 5 or 10? Thought we were going with five. Ten. <laughs> okay. Then ten in ring ability. Seven promo ability. He'll work. I'd give him about a nine. And then his baby face, I'd give him about a five or a six. Oh my gosh. Okay, mute yourself for a second. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so that was hilarious. Oh, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we all got like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, hold up, nightmare. Oh, hold God. up. Okay, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't Tell know me, term, he didn't just say that. <laughs> um, so now we'll kind of go around the circle. We'll give an overall grade. So Shadow, we'll start with you. Is overall? Did we already do that? I, I think I said. I think it was like a seven or eight, I said, if I remember correctly. Okay, and then Jamie had not gone yet. No, I was going to say he's at a 8.5 for me. Fair enough. Nightmare. Overall, I'd give him an eight. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair so enough. I, I... <laughs> um, let you put some pimping in? What do you mean, Cam? That's not it, 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 the song's called Kush, not Pimp. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me I think Scal's got uh, another guest in. Yep, he did. So let's bring in my one of one of the very first people to actually be a part of the off the top Discord, Mike H. Well, welcome in, buddy. How are you tonight? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. So, Nate, take over your questions. So, Mike, I think you've kind of – if you it seems like you've been watching pretty much the entire night from what I see. Um, yes, sir. So, I think you've pretty much gathered that we're doing it on a scale of 10. Um, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Talk about Kenny with us. Let's go. Let's hear what you got to say. So, originally, I found out about him through, like, a coworker. funny enough. Uh I'd started a new job back in, I think it was like 2015-ish. And uh, he always talked about wrestling. So I always kind of like picked his brain, like see what he wanted to talk about. 
And I heard him say Omega. And I'm like, wait. I was like, Kenny Omega? And he was like, yeah. He's like, how did you hear about him? I was like, oh, I've seen some of his uh, some of his New Japan work. And then we ended up just starting a conversation about that. And I was like, hmm, all right. I was like, I don't think I've ever back then met somebody in person that that uh that knew about Kenny Omega. Hell yeah. So real quick, if you want to rate his in-ring ability, promo, babyface, heel work, and overall work out of ten, what would you say? I'd say his in-ring work's definitely about solid nine. Um his baby face work definitely is top tier, so I'd say about eight, eight point five. Okay. And he, I mean, he can really spark up a good heel work, so I'd probably have to give him about a seven point five ish, roughly. Okay. And then overall, what would you say? Definitely a nine, nine point five. All right. So for me, his promo ability drags him down a little bit. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drops like the point off of the ten for me as well. Right. I have him as an eight. Now he's arguably one of the greatest in-ring performers to ever ever do it. If he was to magically become Dusty Rhodes level promo, Sam Punk level promo, I hate saying that, but it's true. Um, if he was suddenly to become that level, he'd probably be the greatest. Period. But the promo draws him back a lot for mm-hmm. me. Um, so I have a bonus question for you guys. I didn't leave it in the notes, but it's been something I've been knocking around in my head too. Um, what about his theme song? His AEW theme song, Battle Cry. What do you think? Rate it. I want to hear what you think. I I'd give it, say it's a good nine. Yeah, hmm? I'd give it about a seven, five, eight. Seven, five? Because it very well fits his... his um, cosplaying days and stuff like that. Like it fits into the persona, which a lot, that's what makes a theme for me is it has to fit the persona. And and I'm paying attention to the chat here and I'm sorry to go off topic for a second. I know Travis also wanted to come in and speak some Omega. So if he's around and wants to come in, you still have some time, come on in. Um, But yeah, it very well fits Kenny Omega's um, style and it clashes well with him. Now, a couple tidbits for you. I have a signed poster of Kenny Omega, and I have a signed Funko Pop of Kenny Omega. Both New Japan looks, and I'm absolutely like grateful for it that I have arguably one of the greatest wrestlers to ever do its signature on a wall and on a Funko. Hell so. yeah. Jamie? Uh, banger. Banger. He just said banger. banger. <laughs> it, it fits a man. I mean... The song it just it 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 fits. It does. It um it took a little while for me to be like to like recognize it when it starts playing. Um that kind of drew it back a little bit for me, but now it's like now I hear it. I'm like, oh that's Kenny, let's go. Um mm-hmm. Nightmare, what do you think? I give it an A. I like his New Japan thing better. Yeah, I yeah. think I agree with that one also. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I'd say roughly an 8.5 just because it's so fitting of his persona. Right. It definitely – it's one of those ones that just clicks with the person that comes out, like Triple H uh, with Motorhead, you know. You meet – uh, 
especially when he was making his return too. Like oh, once yeah. that like that little intro hit, the crowd just went absolute bonkers. Well, the thing the thing that blows my mind is that when he tore his quad initially, he was the most hated heel on the planet. And he was gone for what eight nine months. Comes back to Madison Square. Was at this thing? It was Madison Square Garden, wasn't it? When he came back, uh, but uh, it was early two thousand two, when the roof just blows off the place. Were you really, Scales? You were at the Rome Coliseum watching wrestling. Shut up. <laughs> I, I, I will say this before you know we start hanging out with Travis a little bit. Did you guys know that he also has a four win, three loss mixed martial arts record and has been in the uh, arena of battle with one Dan Severin? I didn't know that part. I knew he, um, I knew that he was trained in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I didn't know he actually like took. Or actually competed in martial arts. That's pretty cool. Well, it started with, you know, like just an angle at, you know, some indie wrestling. And, you know, of course, you're going to have Dan Severin there doing his merch table, whatever the hell. Then they get tied up, and that's an official thing, you know, whatever you look at. And then that turned into six more bouts and ending up with four and three, you know, win loss records. So, right. Travis, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Why don't you uh, walk us down Kenny Omega Lane? Well, here's my thing with Kenny Omega. I I can't say much because I never really watched the guy. The only time that I really watched him was when he had that, what's it called? The lights out match that he had with Moxley. Mm -hmm. That's the only time that I really watched the guy and except maybe a few times on Dynamite. So I can't really say much. I mean, he's good. He really is. I enjoy watching him. Hell yeah. Um, So now we get into the completely, this isn't, this part is not really much of a debate. Um, but it's kind of – how do I put this? It's it's very opinion-based, and this is going to be where we kind of learn. Hold on. Hold on. Before What's you that? go into this, Travis, just give us your uh, your face. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got shooshed. Shoosh. Shoosh, please. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, bye, Travis. Okay, so what? <laughs> what is we're gonna talk about like our favorite Kenny Omega moments and matches and things like that. So we'll actually just we'll start with your favorite moment or promo, uh, Shadow. That ain't even fair because we already know what mine's about to. Be. <laughs> and that is the Forbidden Door match that I got to be in the same room for. Arguably, that is my favorite moment because everything else he's done great, yes, but I was in the same room as this match happening. Right. So that's my Fair enough. Jamie. 
So my favorite um, Kenny Omega match was actually at moment. Moment. Moment or promo? Okay, moment. Shadow kind of screwed it up. Okay, okay. okay. So <laughs> was, was when my that tiger never. <laughs> favorite moment was when they kicked AJ Styles out of Bullet Club, and uh, Kenny emerged as the new leader, and then formed the Elite. Yes. Nightmare. Okay, mine was when he won the G1 Climax just because he showed that he wasn't just a super junior anymore. He could actually go with the top dogs. It was his defining moment. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. My wife wins the G1 Climax too. Mike. <laughs> I got to kind of agree with Jamie on the, the Polo Club one. That is definitely one of the top tier moments. And also, uh, one of his promos, it's probably almost a year old at this point, but uh, the one where, like, I talked about, uh, like, after Dynamite went off of air and then him and Osprey went at it, mm-hmm. that was actually a really, really good promo. Would definitely recommend checking that out, Nate. Hell yeah. Uh, I, um, I got a couple of questions. I, got, I, got I a mean, question. he, he... Go ahead. No, no, go, go finish your point. I'll bring up my question after your point is done because you're about to talk about a point, so... Well, no, I was saying about that promo, Nate. He was pretty much telling Osprey that, yeah, you know, you weren't all that until after I left New Japan. All right. the fans that I had over at New Japan, they're all your fans now because I left and left that for you. I'm on the bigger things pretty much at that point, you know? And then pretty much Osprey kind of threw that back at his face, but it was still a good promo from, from both of those guys. Right. So shadow shadow. So my question, because we've seen it already happen once. Does Kenny Omega go into the WWE hall of fame? And I think about this, think about this though. Who just recently went in that never wrestled in WWE Muda, but he wrestled in WCW. Right. But it doesn't. I understand that, but they never bounce it off that ever. But, so that's why my question arises: Does Kenny Omega go into the Hall of Fame? I think the reason Muda went into the Hall of Fame with WWE is because he wrestled for WCW. I think because he had that connection with WCW, that WWE owns their collective videotapes. I think that is the biggest reason that they allowed Muta to get inducted. Personally, okay. I could be I could be way fucking wrong. I could and, be. and they're trying to establish a working relationship with pro wrestling but, Noah. L- right. Listen, you fucking Karens, take away the whole fucking argument of WCW bullshit. That's not what I asked. I said, does Kenny Omega go in the WWE Hall of Fame? No, no. Nothing he's done I, is impacting WWE programming. Yes, it has, but. Yes, it has. Eh, I see where everyone's going with it because, you know, Liger has done it. Muda has done it. But I just don't see it with Kenny. I don't. Again, Liger was a guy with WCW for a time period. And then also Mike. wrestled at TakeOver against Tyler and Breeze. And wrestled Tyler Breeze in a really underrated match. Wasn't that and one at Toronto? Really fucking good. Or was it Brooklyn? Might have been Brooklyn. I, I also saw that name. Tyler Breeze... Interesting. I also saw Tyler Breeze is still under contract with WWE. 
but they're letting him take indie dates. Right, unless it has something to do with AEW. Right. right. And yes, it was Brooklyn, because I remember Tyler Breeze coming out with the whole New York thing. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Mike, do you think Kenny goes to the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh, very slim chance. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but uh, it's just so hard to say. I don't know. If Vince dies, maybe. Yeah, I can okay. see that too. They would have to bring him in for a match or something for that to He'd happen. He'd have to have some kind of appearance. Co- Cody versus fucking Omega, WrestleMania fucking 49. I mean, as we're standing right now, Kota Ibushi has a better chance because he's wrestled some. All right, so here's my next question because yeah, yeah, yeah. I just asked the WWE one. Is he a surefire pro wrestling Hall of Famer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. First oh, ballot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so let me – to get back to the topic that we were talking about, my favorite Kenny Omega moment <laughs> My bad. Um, <laughs> is actually the night that Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debuted. Oh, that's what you um, hate me. <laughs> my favorite moment because he made me laugh like a motherfucker. Um, like I said, he can be funny, but like he played it off really well when Adam Cole showed up because he said something like, "The only people who can take this title from me are not here, retired, or they're already dead, or something like that." And then Adam Cole's music hits, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Adam Cole's in AEW two days or nine days or whatever after leaving NXT. Um. Excuse me. And he uh, he shows up, and then you're like, oh, Adam Cole's pissed at Kenny Omega. And then Ken- he fucking super kicks Jungle Boy instead. And then Kenny Omega just starts laughing on the microphone. He goes, this guy's one of our best friends. You think he's going to fight us? I'm like, you mother- <laughs> you're an asshole. And, um, but, yeah, that, that just absolutely killed me. So that was my favorite Kenny Omega moment. So that moment um... – me, Scowls, and a couple of my other buddies, we actually had a Discord party. We were all watching it live on there together because, you know, social distancing, pandemic time bullshit. So uh, we all got super hyped in in the Discord that night for when that happened. And it was, it was just fun as fuck. Yeah. I think, so like, everyone was kind of expecting the Brian Danielson one. Mm-hmm. But I think no that was something was... we kind of, a lot of people kind of expected that one. But Adam Cole completely out yeah. of nowhere oh yeah we were watching it in the movie theater uh you know a group of us you know went and rented out the movie theater and it was awesome and like, i don't think it was I was sitting there thinking oh shit uh brian danielson's gonna come interrupt him he did but we got adam cole first adam cole showed up turned heel immediately and then we get brian I, think, I, I think everybody expected both of them to show up but not the same night same time so there was no, like, with Adam Cole, everyone f- didn't realize that he was still under an NXT, like, style contract where he didn't have a non-compete. Right. Yeah, but then after he showed up, they changed it to where their 30-day compete. Yeah, non-compete. they did. Because <laughs> it was, like, <laughs> nine days after his last match with Kyle O'Reilly. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, we already know what Shadow is going to so, say about it. Nate. Oh. Adam Cole actually wrestled his last match with Kyle O'Reilly without a contract. He wasn't under contract at that point. He agreed to wrestle until the pay-per-view for that match. 
So that's why he was able to go three days later. Shit. That makes and, a little bit more sense. And Tyler Breeze is only under an up, up, down, down contract, not a wrestler's contract. That's why he can do the indie dates. That's so, still pretty cool because technically up, up, down, down is owned by WWE now. Correct. That's still very cool of them because they could easily tell him no. No, I, I agree, but they did they had the stipulation where it can't be with AEW. Right. Well, since your since your mole ass, red ass looking ass showed up, why don't you give us your rankings and shit? I only have based off of AEW, so it's really not. That's fine. Not That's fine. I only have a little bit of New Japan to go off of. I I hated his whole thing with Impact, so that's gonna bring the ratings down. Um, I would say heel work, probably a seven and a half. Babyface, really haven't seen much of a babyface with him, so I really wouldn't be fair to rate him on that. Um, fair. What else you said? In-ring ability. I, If I base it off of just the two matches with Osprey, because I feel that's what he's actually capable of, nine and a half. And promo, probably about a six. Yeah, I think the promo was pretty that was pretty much unanimous among most of us. Excuse me. Uh, so we all know Shadow's answer. Oh, bye scales. We all know Shadow's answer to this question, but I'm gonna ask him anyways. What was your favorite Kenny Omega match? The barbed wire <laughs> death match. Scales can <laughs> 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 But no, you said because you want to be all well, we already know, so I had to throw a wrench in there. Come on. So I'm going to throw this out there. That match was a good match. Everything in that match was entertaining to me until the end. And the ending ruined it. But the match itself was good. If I'm being real, it was two Sundays ago, live in Toronto, at the Scotiabank Arena, with me sitting up in the nosebleeds, having a fucking wild time. So, yes, that's my favorite match. Jamie. My favorite match is actually when he defended the AAA Mega Championship at it was Triple Mania 29 back in 2021 where he defended the Mega Championship against Andrade El Idolo, who when um, I think it was Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, Andrade had Ric Flair. At, See, he's um, like a mole man. He just shows up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a very good match. I actually watched that match, too. That was really good. I forgot yeah. about that one. I didn't watch it live. Was, that was my favorite later, match. But... Anyway, Scal's back with the news. Nightmare, what do you think? It's a tie. It's it's either the first Okada Omega match or it's a tie between two others. It could be Kenny and Brian Danielson when they had that match on Dynamite. Or you could even go to when Naito faced Kenny for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike, what do you think, buddy? 
uh, I could give a list of a few, but I'd have to say like one of my definite top three is the one that he had to win uh, the U.S. title. Who did he face in that? Man? Earlier this year? Uh, didn't he take it from Osprey? I'm almost positive. Yes. Earlier this year, the yeah, first the one, one. Yeah, okay. the one he had that in Japan. Wrestle Kingdom. Kingdom. The one in Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that match was insane, too. The one that yes. all had to stay up till 4 a.m. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Scales, what do you think? It's the Forbidden Door match. Really? You're damn okay. right it is. All right. I, like I said, I really haven't watched much of Omega, um, but the actual storytelling in that match and oh, everything yeah. involved with it, the only one that would come close would be the first Osprey one, and I didn't see that one live. So you, you kind of miss something when you watch it on a replay. Yeah. Um, so with that, it was really difficult for me to pick something besides Osprey Omega. So I actually, in my head, I took that one out of the equation because that's just not fair. <laughs> um, Which one? My, my favorite Kenny Omega match that I personally enjoyed watching the most that wasn't Osprey Omega was probably the tag team match where him, he and Adam Page defended against the Young Bucks. If you have not, is it AEW Revolution 2020, I think. If you have not seen that match, go back and watch it. There is so much intense storytelling. It is an incredible match from start to finish between four of the greatest workers on the planet who are also best friends in real life. So, like, it just, it just it clicked. Everything made sense. Everything served a purpose. Go back and watch that match if you haven't watched it. It is one. It is probably my favorite tag team match in AEW's history, which they've had a fuck ton of them. So, <laughs> um, that was my favorite. So, what do you think? And I think this is where we might be unanimous, um, or at least close to it. What do you think would be a low point for Kenny Omega's entire career, Shadow? Probably the beginning of his AEW run, to be fair. To be fair. Jamie. Deep South. Working for WWE? <laughs> uh, All right. We must be wrong here. Nightmare. I mean, it's going to be one that a lot of people will really watch, but his impact run when they – you. You the tiles, it was just complete shit. Hey, hey, but what they got out of it was my second favorite Kenny Omega match, actually, third over you know, under the uh, the Osprey match. But uh, Kenny Omega versus Christian, that was on, on the on the debut match of Rampage. Trash, no, that Trash. was a good match. Good match, at least I liked it because I got to see Christian. Yeah. But well, win world, you know, that's just like uh, your, opinion, your opinion, man. man. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> you got to see Christian Cage win the world title that he helped make famous in the first place. Yes, he was so an for me, excellent champion for TNA back in the day. So, so for me, as a you know, growing up watching Impact, I was an Impact guy, what growing up instead of a WWE guy. So, you know, in the future, when we do a career retrospective on like Kurt Angle. That that's what had me going, especially in that match, because uh, Perk I, Angle. I'm, 
<laughs> I'm a TNA guy, so or at least was. So we finally figured out what's wrong with you. <laughs> so yeah. when I was, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was growing up, I was a TNA guy too. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't over WWE. I still watch WWE more, but I was watching TNA as much as I could. There were nights. What there was actually a time period when Impact Wrestling was on the same. It was on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. So I would actually flip back and forth between Raw and Impact because Impact was so different back then. They had that six-sided ring. They had the X Division matches. It was just different. Six-sided like, ring never should have left. Never. never. And it's Hulk Hogan's fault that it did. Yep. yep. Um, but that's another discussion for another time. <laughs> way, way to ruin another another uh, another wrestling organization. Yeah, he tanks. He's the reason Impact doesn't have a regular cable TV deal anymore. Yeah. Yep. Tanked that company. Um, anyways, another discussion for another time. <laughs> Fucking time, Hulk Hogan sucks. Um, <laughs> um, who hasn't talked about this one yet? Besides Mike, yeah, I was Mike, in myself. Mike. Yeah. Uh, what was the question again? A low point in Kenny Omega's career. Uh, I, I'd have to say probably some of the Impact run, and then like a little bit of the beginning of his AEW uh, start. Fair enough. Fair. Gals. Everything to do with impact. Oh my god. <laughs> I, ha- I hated I hated him with impact. It was AW just abused them, use them, and then toss them away like they were garbage. Fair enough. Um, so I think the low point for Kenny Omega's career, and then maybe it's recency bias, but it's definitely the the post media scrum brawl at Brawl uh, Out. The it alleged very, it was very childish of that of everyone involved. I don't really care what you who who was at fault for what. Very childish for Punk. everyone involved. Fuck CM Punk for that. I agree. Um, but for what it's worth, I do think CM Punk is has the basis for a stellar heel run to close out his career because. Everywhere but Chicago, he's getting booed like a motherfucker. Right. Oh, it was fun booing that fucker. Which is why they go to Chicago 46 times a year. But well, anyways. Shadow, you had a lighter times. fluid, bub? I was just taking my lighter to my lighter, dude. Oh. I just um, hear you just... Psh, psh, psh. Yeah, I was so, just flicking it to flick it. So now we kind of... This is the part where we kind of play the what-if game. So, like... As far as dream matches, Kenny Omega is kind of a guy who's been in dream match after dream match after dream match. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of one of one of his big things. He's the dream but match machine. He, but be, <laughs> but because he hasn't set foot in WWE on the main roster with the guys that are there now, I think there's a ton of opportunity that we could have for um, other dream matches. Shadow, what are some dream matches you'd like to see with anybody? Anybody with Kenny Omega? When it comes to WWE, there's only one I want to see, and that's him and Seth. That's the only one from a current. Now, if you go back, I'd like to see him versus Jericho in his prime. Jericho versus Jericho Prime versus Omega would be something to to watch. Oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels in his prime versus Kenny Omega. Shawn Michaels versus anybody. Um, <laughs> this might this might seem off, but Lex Luger against Kenny Omega. 
Is it the hair? <laughs> and turn the clock back 32 years, Sting versus Omega. Mm. I would love that, actually, too. So um, those are mine. Jamie. Mine will be Seth. Seth? Cam mm-hmm. says Macho Man. I think that'd be a good one, too. And, Hell yeah. You know, thinking about it, and I know people, I'm, I'm probably going to get grilled for it, but take out whatever opinion you got. Just as from a wrestling standpoint, Benoit. Ooh. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Shadow, did you say hell yeah when someone said Macho Man? Yeah, I did, man. Can you imagine that? I think you meant to say, ooh, yeah. All right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> Cult of personality. All right, Mike. Mike. Uh, I'd have to say Prime Orton or Prime Edge. Ooh. Another mm. Canadian. Prime Orton. I like it. Gals. Shut up, Sean. I'm honestly surprised no one said it yet. Gunther. Mm. I think those I styles class pretty much. Unattended. Ha. Huh. I actually, I actually have that one in my head, but I didn't write it down. So Seth is the obvious one to a lot of people, I think, because Seth is one of the best workers on the planet also. Um, so I would like to see, even though we've seen it before, kind of, um, AJ Styles. Because I'd like to see the follow-up, because there was no follow-up to him being booted from Bullet Club. Right. Because he was just, his contract expired and he was gone. Um, another one because Kenny Omega would sell like a motherfucker across the ring for this guy, Brock Lesnar. Hundred mm-hmm. percent Brock Lesnar and Kenny Omega would punch. But would Brock do the same? Brock would absolutely bump for Kenny Omega. I hundred percent believe that. Honorable mention because they would make money, right? Oh, sorry. And because sorry. of how funny both of these guys are, and the ring trash talk would be so much fun. Fucking Kevin Owens. Mm, yeah. Give me Kenny Omega versus Kevin Owens. KO versus KO, baby. Give, give, give me oh. a promo battle with with uh, Kenny Omega against Scott Steiner. Since you brought up since you brought up Kevin Owens, when I was at Forbidden Door, there was a dude walking around with a Kevin Owens t-shirt on. And a piece of tape above the KO logo that says, I was assured this meant Kenny Omega. That's fucking <laughs> and, and And I just want to throw it an honorable mention, but turn back the clock 40 years, Ric Flair versus Kenny Omega. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's definitely not a bad one. Um, Chat's going off right now with these, with these uh, matches. Suggestions. No, they're you just know trolling at this point. So, you know what? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bone to Cam real quick. He says Omega versus his hero, the Hurricane. I'm just gonna throw this out there. That would be a lot of fucking fun. Oh yeah, Shane Helms because fun worker. Gregory, I think his real name is Shane Helms, but yeah, he was later. His later in ring name was Gregory Helms. Was a great ring worker. He was fantastic in the ring. Mm-hmm. So like a and the Hurricane being that comedic, like almost comic book style character against someone like Kenny Omega makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It really does. 
because and you know who I we forgot. <clears throat> you know who we forgot? Captain Canada himself, Lance Storm. Ooh, bro. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, for what it's worth, I really okay. want to see the Young Bucks versus Pretty Deadly at some point, but we'll, you know. Oh, yeah. um, anyways, um, so I mean, as far as Kenny Omega goes, he's definitely been just com- building his legacy up and up and up. Every time he thinks he's gonna slow down, he kicks it up another notch. So, when you if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this somewhere after it's been recorded, leave us something in the comments. Let us know about Kenny Omega. Talk to us. Tell us what you think. I want to hear it. I want to hear everything you guys got to say. You guys have been going off in the comments tonight. I'd love to see it. So before we sign off tonight, I just want to kind of go around, have everybody say thank you and tell us where we can find them and all that stuff. Shadow, I already know what you're going to say, but I'll still say it. Where can I, find I want to go last, so you guys go. <laughs> Scouts, go ahead. You can find me here on Off the Top on Twitch, YouTube, and Kick as well as off the top media underscore on Twitter and TikTok. All right. Mr. Jamie Rose. Well, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and all those other places. I'm not even going to list it all. At Jamie Rose X. You can find me here Monday nights and Friday nights on uh, off the top media. And you can find me. Well, that's where you can find me. All right. Okay. Fuck you, Sean. You're done. Um, <laughs> Nightmare, if you're still with us, I'd love to hear from you. Where can we find you, buddy? Everything's the same. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> Mike, where can we find you, brother? Oh, On Twitter, it's uh, E-K-I-M all one, the God. Or on YouTube, same thing, just Mike H. The God. Or you could catch him throwing those saucy passes across the ice in the EASHL world of NHL. That too. He knows. (laughs) Um, And I've been your host tonight. My name is Nate. You guys all know me. You guys know we talk all the time. Um, You can find me on TikTok at Nate McNamara WB or at the Wrestle Bros. You can find my link tree in my bio on TikTok. For the love of God, do not add me on Facebook or Snapchat or anything like that if I don't know you. If I know you, don't be weird. go for it. Shadow. You can find me not giving a fuck about your opinion live on TikTok Monday through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because I don't give a fuck about what you have to say. And if you think I do, you're wrong. For fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Join us again. Thursday, July 20th at 9-ish or 10-ish, around that time. We're going to be jumping right back into this career retrospective. We're going to be taking on the icon, Sting, yes. on Thursday, July 20th. Be there. Be square. Scows, you are invited, my friend. Oh, man, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. All right. Everybody, hey. thank you so much. What's up? No, continue. I'll finish when you're done. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again for our next episode on the 20th. Be there. Hey, if you're in this chat, make sure to stay tuned. We're about to go into main event players to show some love. Tell them off the top sent you.
<laughs> Are we scouts? We're good. We're off. We're off. <laughs>